1: It's Tuesday, it's April 7th, the year is 2020, you're listening to The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Huckabee. I'm coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Meanwhile, down there in Orlando, Florida, he's been trying to be- <laughs> he's, he's trying to bridge Breaking Bad all night, but couldn't remember his password. It's our <laughs> illustrious producer, Chandler Strang. Hello. <laughs>
0: did your parents kick you out of their account, Chandler? <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta get my own down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and up there in Loveland, Virginia, he's working on a, a new issue of his Breaking Bad fanfic, which has been going on since well before a self quarantine began. It's our friend Jesse Carey. Hey, Jesse. Hello, hello. It's called Jesse and Uncle Jesse. And Jesse Pinkman teams
0: up with Full House's lovable uh, Uncle Jesse for some roommate hijinks. And it's a radical change in show in tone for both shows. And I'm afraid the world. Just isn't ready for what transpires in this <laughs> apartment in a very expensive townhouse in um, San Francisco. So I, don't take, uh, I can't I don't, wait for.
1: I don't take either of you guys for being big in the fanfic community. I'm I'm not myself a, a a very active member of the fanfic community, but I know enough to know that it is like a an extremely dedicated community of people you know the people who like have these like very long message boards in which they go on and on about their shows and movies and create whole new characters and uh they ship new romances and it can get pretty intense sometimes i think i mean i don't understand the
0: world of fan fiction but i certainly have no beef with it you know, no, I don't. I, I mean, don't want
1: them on. I don't want to get on their bad set. I hope nobody hears that because I'm worried I'd be fanficed into some like villain role on some <laughs> OC fanfic <laughs> community, and it would ruin my online life. Okay,
0: here, here's the thing about fanfiction. Like, it is it's it's a unabashedly like nerdy thing to do. You uh-huh, know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I don't mean that to disparage it, but I'm saying that even people who write fanfiction are probably like writing fanfiction is the nerdiest thing I do. So here's my question to you guys: <laughs> What is is, what is your shamelessly most nerdy thing that you do that you still like to do? What, do you have like, it might not be as nerdy as fan fiction, but I, I feel like the other thing too is like during the, during this quarantine that we're in, a lot of people are just indulging, like really, you know, just, they're just exploring hobbies. Chandler, you kind of got out in front of this by <laughs> plant embracing <laughs> plant life early on yeah. and just yeah. diving disturbingly deep into the world of plants well before coronavirus <laughs> forced you to stay inside. So yeah. I'm assuming that's your most nerdy thing. Do you have anything else that, that is, is super nerdy? I mean, I still play Pokemon Go, so I think that's probably nerdier than that
2: is.
1: Yeah, plants. you win. We, need, po- you we win. need Pokemon Stay for these times. Yeah. <laughs> Pokemon come to you. you yeah, there's just set hiding up little, in your house somewhere. A little virtual right. box with a, with a string and a stick. You put some sort of bait (laughs) under there.
0: Tyler, uh, I know you're you're a big comic book guy. You host a comic book podcast. You're heavy into, I I think you have numerous comic book pieces of apparel, numerous comic book tattoos. You even have a a C.S. Lewis inspired tattoo. I do. Uh, What do you consider
1: your nerdiest indulgence? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of contenders. Uh, It's a... There's a lot of possibilities. It's a tight race. I mean, but but I I think. We're talking like stereotypically nerdy, like the like what nerd nerd can mean a lot of, but like the word nerd now just means kind of. I fan, mean, right? Because people I know, are like, be sports Tyler, nerds, you know. but you know what Tyler, I mean. We all know, know what kind. You kind of you know what
0: kind of nerd I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about not the not the charming. I'm talking about like it's like okay, this is pretty dorky. Like I mean, I, I, there's I know, no shame in it.
1: There's no shame not, in it. I'm, I'm just saying, sh- if I was ashamed, yeah. I mean, there was a time to be ashamed of it when you were like yeah. in high school yeah now you nobody to, you had to bury it a little bit like nobody, i said
0: in quarantine like every every like you know video i see on like reddit or like twitter or even like tiktok is people just getting heavy into weird crafts at their house it's <laughs> yeah. like hey yeah. i i built this you know rep life almost life-size replica of my own house with legos isn't this cool and, and mm. the response is always no it is not cool <laughs> at all like you know like people are just taking up weird. Hobbies because they're stuck at home trying to
1: find stuff to do. I hey, was walking the dog. I was walking the dog, and I walked by a, a guy who lives just a couple houses down from me. So it, it, I, we don't know each other well, but I know who he is. And he was just out there with his bow and arrow. Pract- either this what? is his new hobby, or he knows something we don't know. But he's, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm he's a, but he, so he's straight up going go Hunger Games status out here. I think he's. I think he is thinking about like where is pandemic going to be. Uh, a year from now, and uh, and he's just trying to get ahead of the curve. There, going N- going. And not now, only has little- it- not only has head. it gone
0: to the point where you need protection, it's like well, I need to go primitive here. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's you know all modern electricity. Yeah, yeah all modern conveniences are off the table, and we're going back to primal warfare. And he busts out the so he's just out in the front yard with the bow and arrow. Front yard, he had a target set up. Okay, okay, by here, himself. I don't know what his lot looks like, but I can't imagine that he can't set up the exact same setup in the backyard. And here's my theory: he's sending a message to the neighborhood, like, <laughs> hey guys. Hey guys, just want to let you know, if it goes down, there's a bow and arrow guy in the mix here. You know, <laughs> I always we, say this. I, I I've said this before. When you get when there's an when <laughs> I'm getting trouble for this, but I don't really care. If if you're if if people are hanging out and there's like there's a slightly older ponytail guy in the mix. Mm -hmm. that night's getting weird. Okay. If you want the, if there's a ponytail guy in the mix at any situation, you're not sure what's going to happen. I feel like that with the bow hunter on the block. Like, Hey guys, just want to let you know the guy four houses down. He's got a bow. He's a bow guy. And he's out there (laughs) shooting arrows in the front freaking yard. Okay. (laughs) You don't know if that guy's in the mix. You don't know. But I will say this. No one's messing with your cul-de-sac. If that guy's on there, no one wants a part of it. Because all of a sudden, so somebody comes to cause trouble. They see All they see is like, what is that light? What is that light shooting through the sky? Why is it getting bigger? And the guy is shooting flaming arrows from his yard. You know, he's not, you know, okay. If you're the type of dude, if you're the type of human that buys a bow and arrow during a pandemic, during a quarantine, and you're in your front yard shooting so that all your neighbors see you shooting a bow and arrow, you know, he's thought about I gotta, I gotta, I gotta at least try one flaming arrow. I gotta do at least one. I just want to try. You that's know that's, true. that that crosses somebody's I mind think that's like probably that.
1: True. And I think to your point, Jesse, if this is what he's doing in the front yard, then I, then God help us with whatever's <laughs> going on in the backyard. <laughs> like one stray arrow
0: could do a tremendous amount of damage. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it alone, does not seem like the, a front
1: yard like, hobby. The other medieval warfare tools he might be working on, and then like, is there a full on trebuchet? in the back that he's preparing for? (laughs) Is he digging? Is he working on the moat?
0: I was I was walking in the neighborhood one day and I saw a guy like did like chipping golf balls in his front yard. And that made me a little uncomfortable because I'm like, hey, man, one of those gets away from you. That's a window. Yeah. If I saw yeah. that same guy shooting a bow and arrow in the front yard, like that just doesn't seem. It seems it, not even like the homeowner's situation, like association would have an issue. It just seems like all it takes is one straight one sneeze at the wrong time. He draws the bow. He achoo. And it just goes. It's like it's like. <laughs> do you guys ever sneeze while you're driving down the highway it's terrifying it is it is a, a flash second. of terror it is a split second of my eyes are being closed my body's jolting and i don't know what this car is doing think about that with a bow and arrow in your hand he could take one sneeze and one just flies off into the distance and he just like looks at it fly, and he's like all right time to pack it up for the day like i don't i'm not comfortable with that i'm not comfortable
1: <laughs> I I do like how it, it's it's extremely, it shows kind of America's place in the world because you see these videos in Italy, people singing on the balconies, playing their <laughs> violins or whatever. It's very heartwarming. <laughs> what unites us is bigger than what divides us. And over in England, people doing workouts together. You have like the coach who's doing yeah. the jumping jacks and then you pan around then <laughs> you see everybody else on their back. Meanwhile, here in a bunker down. To, every man for himself when things go sideways i've got the bow and arrow ready to go I'm other people probably weapons them. yeah
0: <laughs> so so tyler do you have any nerdy confessions i feel like bow hunting i feel mean, like, it bow, hunting, the, I feel it, like bow
1: shooting is like that was not what if it was my bow and arrow the whole time no just to making it not to be so weird <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then you just said
0: and, you, and the big revelation was my bow and arrow the whole time and you're gonna regret e- you you're gonna regret it's, every word you said and right then a a, an arrow comes shooting through my window <laughs> Call yeah. me a nerd one more
1: time, <laughs> <laughs> one more time, Jerry. <laughs> Flaming arrows. <laughs> you can't even leave your house. There's to deal with it. Uh, I mean, go. I think I, I still, I still once a week went, uh, don't do it anywhere, but went into comic book shops and picked up like five or six comic books every week. walked out oh wow yeah it wasn't even an online i didn't didn't
0: even know there were still comic book shops. well there are now (laughs) but
1: there were until very recently there were so that was my that'd probably be my big one it was uh, i went out to to rick's comic city uh it was about a 15 minute drive up the way and it's run by the people you would think would run a comic book store yeah like when you if you saw the people working there or if you saw them out and around you'd be like yeah, probably runs a comic, works at a comic book shop or something, and he does. <laughs> I think that was a so yeah. That's that's pretty nerdy. That's like that's commitment. That's not just you like the movies. That's yeah. like you go on, you go to the source material, and you have to go. It's a commitment. You have to go once a week because these keep coming out, so you have to keep picking up more of them
0: yeah well i was gonna say if you saw someone with a, a bow and arrow slung around their back at the comic book shop that'd probably just be no big deal they'd be like oh that's that's <laughs> that's about uh, yeah, right that's an, um
1: because well, you got yeah. the cosplayers which are kind of the fanfic of the comic book world the people who yeah. which is not something i don't do that but if there's like a dude in there that's straight up going legolas you're like oh that's
0: not a big deal like yeah, that's, it would uh, be, it's just it, tuesday it, yeah, at yeah the comic well, book shop
1: yeah, it's a, it it's seen worse seen worse
0: a lot of people are gonna hear well obviously jesse doesn't have any nerdy thing i mean jesse <laughs> and nerdy are kind of anthetical like i mean (laughs) what could he possibly what could jesse possibly do yeah i yeah i didn't but i will say this i and and i don't want to we already did our tiger king take i feel like we have talked about it too much but i'm gonna the the only thing i will say is when i was watching it and and he revealed how much he's selling baby tiger cubs before i watched tiger king for people that somehow don't know it's a show about people who raise exotic animals particularly big cats in captivity like tigers and they sell them and it's kind of a shady world but anyway they they talk about the business model of it a little and and before watching tiger king someone was like hey a white tiger cub or just a tiger cub just a a, 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 like a a a cub that in a couple years will be a full-size tiger like the one in the hangover like a, a, a tiger like if you're telling me in my mind How much would it cost if you want a tiger like a pet Mm -hmm. tiger just Mm -hmm. straight up just just to buy one? I'd be like, oh, man, 10, 12, 15, 20 (laughs) grand. I don't know. I mean, seem like pretty exotic. You, you know, Joe Exotic selling those things for two grand. That puts it well within like the range that's, of that's what a, a lot of people it's, could it's do. Doable. You know, like I can, you could probably, a lot of people could probably go out and sell two grand's worth of stuff and, and, and mm. trade it in for a tiger or two. Now, I'm not saying I was considering buying a tiger. It seems like that hasn't worked out well for anyone in that series. It seems like once you make the, the decision to be a tiger person, your life is on an irreversible
1: trajectory, right? Like, and, who, and who's more? You I have, Tigers are the least of your problems. You become a part of that whole community.
0: <laughs> exactly. You are now part of a world where the, it's, it's hotel California status where, uh-huh. where you can, uh, uh, check in whenever you like, but you can never really leave. That's what happens as soon as you buy a tiger. You're part of the tiger community, but I'm not going to lie. It, it, it briefly crossed my mind. It briefly crossed my mind of like, dude, it would be so cool to have a tiger. And, you know, maybe maybe that world was meant for me. Maybe 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 that this is what I've I, where I belong all these years is part of the tiger community. I feel like I could slide right in. I really do. I feel Just, like I could slide right in. And if they all weren't like most of them seems like weird dirtbags, but I would still slide right in. And I feel like I would find a community there. That's all. You got kids and stuff, like it seems like that would be a they would be raised tiger people, Tyler. You've seen, you saw the channel, both you guys saw the documentary. All the good tiger people were raised tiger people, they were they were like playing in their cribs with live tigers, like in b roll. That's just part of the tiger life, Tyler. Is that children are raised, you you raise them in it, they they, they wrestle the tigers as children. It, it's it just it just happens. It's it's unnatural and weird, but it it does happen happen, and that would be my nerdy indulgence as live
1: (laughs) Well, we do, in addition to all of this... It doesn't stop here. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Actually, we're being joined by, oh, this is going to be fun. We got Gavi joining us, Uh, Christian MC, uh, producer. He produced, uh, man, what did he do? Uh, Andy, Andy Minios, You Can't Stop Me. He's produced a lot of Lecrae's song. Uh, He's got a new album coming out called Heathen. Had a really great conversation with him. Can't wait to share it with you guys. Before we get to that, we're going to be talking about Slices. So stay with us. You're listening to Dragon Ball Durag by Thundercat. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Breathe by the Born Ruffians. This episode is brought to you by Bombas. Working out is hard. It's always been hard. And even when it's easy, it's still pretty hard. Bombas socks can't really change that, but... They can make it more comfortable. So if your resolution this year was to get fit, uh, start by getting socks that can keep up every step of the way. You can do a lot of different things to stay active. So Bombas made a lot of different performance socks designed for everything from running to hiking to cycling and more. Whether you're very into sports or planning on getting very into sports, Bombas can help with performance socks themselves made specifically for basketball, tennis, running, golf, and more. They're made from a lightweight polycotton cotton blend which means no matter how hard you're working your feet will stay cool dry and comfortable never sweaty bomba socks provide you with support in places you didn't even know you needed like your arches each sock is built with a special arch support system that's supportive but not too tight like a nice little hug but on your foot a little foot hug Constantly pausing your treadmill to adjust your twisted up, bunched up socks is enough to make anyone ready to quit. That's why Bombas are designed with left right contouring and a Y stitched heel so they stay perfectly in place. Oh, I never noticed that annoying little toe seam that most socks have, that little ridge on the top. Bombas got rid of it, it's gone, it's donezo. It's just smooth sailing all the way across the top of your boat. And did you know that socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters? Bombas socks were created to change that. For every pair you buy, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. So go to bombas.com slash relevant today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot slash relevant for 20% off bombas.com. Slash relevant. Okay, time for our weekly look back at our favorite stories at the intersection of faith and pop culture that came across our desks this week. It's time for slices. Jesse, what do you got? All right,
0: I have I have a twofer today today, right. and uh, uh, one people probably already know about, uh, and I think it's actually a really cool thing. I think it's sort of it seems like something that's sort of an anecdote. To um, a couple of of big swings by celebrities, but would have been recognized as, as pretty significant misses, uh, uh, you know, well-intentioned to, to lift the spirits sure. of 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 a quarantined America. Um, uh-huh. and, and the first one was when Gal Gadot. Um, mm-hmm. uh, rallied a bunch of her famous friends. We've talked about extensively on this podcast, and they they collectively sang John Lennon's song "Imagine." Uh, but it included people like Will Ferrell. It was just like a giant list. It was like a, a very a cool. Huzu. Uh, who's who like text read that decided this was a good idea and every and it came across very kind of weird and tone deaf because these celebrities are quarantined in their giant mansions with the closets full of supplies and toilet paper doing just fine well well you know much many people in the in the country are, are are very worried every day about this pandemic and it just didn't come across right like uh, you know James Corden did one the other night where he had a, a, a handful of guests on but uh you know, I don't know. Just something tonally about it just didn't necessarily. Just I just didn't I don't, land. I don't, It didn't yeah. land. It didn't work. It, it felt weird. Um, and you know, there wasn't the like the big charity tie like we're used to in, in a lot of stuff. It was like, what is this really for? There now, there has been a couple of examples of this gone right. Like I think John Krasinski's uh, uh, web people show that he, he,
1: people are liking. John <laughs> and sometimes Emily, his yeah. wife Emily Blunt, joins him. Yeah, that's it's been. I f- haven't watched it yet, but I've heard people are, yeah. are fans. Because hey it's good news. He's focused
0: on only good stuff, and 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 there's a degree of self awareness to it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Steve Carell was on, uh, but but this one I'm kind of excited about. It's happening on April 18th, I believe is the day. Let me double check. Yeah, April 18th, and it's called One World Together at Home. And it's going to bring together. I think this is really cool. I've always kind of been fascinated by this world and the relationship with these people. Um, it's going to bring together Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Fallon. And it's in a, uh, it's going to be produced in partnership with Global Citizen. And it's an effort to raise money for, for good causes. Um, You know, like, I think at this point, like, uh, uh, Tim Cook has already pledged like $10 million Mm -hmm. to the, Mm -hmm. to this effort and it's going and, and, and they, they, you know, um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel announced that they've had calls with corporate executives about donating. They have a a really interesting list of performers who are going to perform on One World together at home on a, uh, a lot of like, a lot of nineties names, a lot of like early 2000 nineties names, a lot of more set Billy Joe Armstrong, Chris Martin, (laughs) Eddie Vetter. <laughs> uh, 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 David Beckham will be on there But then there's also some contemporary artists Like Casey Musgraves, John Legend Of course, Billie Eilish I feel like you can't have a special right now And not include Billie Eilish Billie's in yeah. in. And, and I thought this was cool I thought this was a great idea I'm, I'm actually excited to tune in I think it's gonna hopefully... I've missed the collective viewing experiences that we that like sports and things like the Oscars gave us, you know, where, you know, even though we're in a very segmented time of, you know, cultural consumption, like we we watch Netflix all the time. Everyone kind of watching their own thing at their own house in their own time. There was something fun about everyone watching the same thing together that we've kind Mm -hmm. of lost with the loss of sports and live events. So I think this is cool. But I did. I wanted to. I wanted to. Chandler, I sent you a clip. And I feel like this clip is indicative of most of my professional interactions these days. So <laughs> most people right now, you know, Tyler, uh, you know, you, me and Chandler, we have a kind of a leg up because we do we've been recording our podcast remotely for years. So Old I feel hats. like I feel like we are masters at remote meetings, you know, whether it be Zoom, whether it be Skype, whether it be Google Hangouts, you know, it doesn't phase us. We're just as good like this as we are in person because we do it so much, but a lot of people are very uncomfortable, and just it's every Zoom meeting that y- you might as well tack on an extra fifteen minutes for everyone to get their tech set up, for everyone uh, to mention yeah. how weird it is to see the background of their house, for everyone uh, to be like, "All right, who's wearing sweatpants?" And everyone kind of stands up, and you know, <laughs> someone has to do like the stand-up of shame on the webcam and reveal that even though they're in a button-down dress shirt, they're wearing like SpongeBob pajama pants. You know, like we we go through this song and dance like every day now, uh, but. To make this big announcement, okay, they've already they've had calls with seventy corporate executives. Tens of millions of dollars have already been pledged. It's an unheard of now uh, effort uniting three of the biggest uh, you know brands in media: CBS, NBC, and ABC. It's it's this cross platform event, unlike anything that's ever gone on in history. You would think it's pretty organized. Uh, and to announce the event, uh, Lady Gaga, who helped organize it, FaceTimed Jimmy Fallon, but evidently did not realize that this was the actual FaceTime to announce the event. They, she went through the same <laughs> Zoom awkwardness that we are now experiencing every day. So as Jimmy Fallon is holding his phone up to the camera, Lady Gaga has no idea what is going on. <laughs> and is just openly wondering if this can all just be rescheduled. Chandler, do you mind playing a clip for us? <laughs>
3: This, this is a big. We
2: have a big maybe announcement that you're going to say tonight on our show.
0: No, I can't, Jimmy. I
2: uh I can't talk right now. It's um I I I'm really sorry. It's just like a really weird time. I'm do. I hello. Yeah. Jimmy, you're on. I t- can't see you. Am I am I on TV? Yeah. Hold up. <laughs>
3: sorry, you're on TV. I apologize. <laughs> Wait. What's?
0: Wait.
1: Hold on. But what's the big news?
0: But it, it, it's somewhat comforting to know that even a mat at an event that takes. Uh, an unimaginable amount of organization, uh, you know, could even fall prey to the awkwardness that video calls and you know, trying to navigate all of your meetings and stuff uh, digitally present. I, it's I, an equalizer, it, 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 yeah, it, it was a great equalizer. It's you know, like I, I kind of appreciated the, the the profound awkwardness of it because who's ever been in the Zoom too, where there's one person that doesn't realize the camera's on, you know what I mean? And as soon as the meeting starts, you see them take out their head. Phones and walk away for a sec, you know, and it's like, oh, Carol, Carol doesn't even realize she's, you know, she's broadcasting all the, or someone's like picking their nose or something, you know. It it just highlighted. Uh Look, this Mm -hmm. is an equal opportunity awkwardness,
1: you know. I agree. I I think we've, and I think that you've, uh, it's, it's one thing because these are people who are very used to the screen obviously like these are like lady jenny fallon has probably spent logged in more hours of screen time in the last decade than almost anybody right he's he's up there with the most of them yeah but it's one thing to have all these cameras and these people uh but it's another thing when the screen is just your computer that that's there's no amount of training or prep that can get you ready for that and i was even talking to i was talking to a, a pastor yesterday about it because these are people who are, you know, obviously up in front of people a lot, very comfortable just talking and keeping things yeah. going and keeping the energy going. But it's because di- he's been preaching over zoom for yeah, the past three yeah. weeks. And he was like, and, and he was talking about how strange it is to just have no idea. If, do people care? Do people, is this resonating? Well, are okay. there- <laughs>
0: that's, that's to me, that's the least awkward thing about the Sunday morning circus. So, Cause my, our pastor too, like, like pastors across the country, they're doing the same thing, you know. They're they're doing like mm-hmm. a little, you know, digital live thing. But the most awkward thing to do, my pastor's a pretty funny guy, you know. And yeah. it's 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 really weird.
1: The jokes, <laughs> it's really the weird. Jokes, it's, it, it's a different time for the jokes.
0: And he's like, "All right, I hope everyone, uh, uh, you know, is a wide awake this morning, and I hope, uh, I can't tell though if there's less people sleeping through my sermon as <laughs> there is on a normal Sunday." <laughs> and then there's just like this, just suspended, <laughs> like. All right. If you turn your Bibles to
1: me, you know, it's, it's like let's abandon like, like, like the, 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 the jokes here. Without, without the laugh track. So there's yeah. just the blank yeah. spot, and you're yeah. like, mm.
0: and, and you realize like, were their jokes ever really funny? Like yeah. because yeah. it is really awkward and painful to watch to to it's like
1: a to listen it's like to like a black light track. for unfunny comedy. All of a sudden,
0: <laughs> <laughs> You realize how many of these pastors, and listen, I think I think my pastor is really funny. I'm not referring him. I'm talking about other pastors pastors out there, but you realize how many are, you know, their humor rides the coattails of their charm. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. It, like, okay, they're a charming f- person. So I'm going to laugh at what they say. And I'm part of this like big communal room and everyone's laughing. So I will join in the laughter and I would trick myself to thinking what they said was funny. And you realize this, a lot of pastors, when you put them on Skype are profoundly unfunny. <laughs> it's like when you hear those stories, about comedians, and they audition for SNL, and it's just like mm-hmm. Lauren Michaels and the head writer standing there, and no Stand one in the room laughing. is laughing. And it's like, okay, y- your comedy has to... You, I mean, that's it, man. It is a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It's either funny or it's not. And and a lot of pastors right now are being exposed, not for <laughs> heresy, not for for moral failings, but not being that funny on Zoom. And that yeah. itself is a set. That, that's it. It's disqualifying. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of them yeah, I think a lot of denominations need to have some very difficult conversations once the dust settles on all this. Okay. I have one more and I have something that uh that I found pretty surprising because it debunks it debunks a theory that's been going around for a while. And that is okay. that uh you know, one of the one of the one of the like the lighter side I mean this pandemic the The coronavirus outbreak has been it's been terrible. But one of the lighter things that I think you know people have managed to make fun of is is the toilet paper thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, plenty of good th- memes. Th- yeah, plenty of good memes because there is like this to- toilet paper shortage, and uh, you know, everyone trying to get toilet paper. It's hard to find. I, I went to the grocery store the other day. I did the whole thing, you know, where. Well, by the way, going to the grocery store is an awkward experience right now. If it you is. go, yeah. Because everyone's looking at each other, like you know the mm-hmm. rules, like six feet, man. You mm-hmm. know the rules, like don't don't roll up on me, don't roll up. You know, like everyone's kind of you, you don't
1: you don't have six feet in the aisles. They so have to be very no, yeah. yeah. It, it requires a degree of civility that Americans aren't used to. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And, and so, uh, uh, but if you go like the the racks for the toilet paper are, are gone, used to be are gone. Uh, and so, uh, uh Chandler, what you know, I want to ask you. I mean. What is, what's your theory of why there's no toilet paper out there?
2: I don't really know. I guess because you have, to, if you're going to be home, you need toilet paper in order to be comfortable because that's not something you necessarily need. You uh, wait, wait, I mean? are, you, you are, are, you,
0: are you lying on the toilet paper, Jim? You, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you well, want to be really comfortable, you just have to wrap yourself <laughs> in toilet paper. It's Charmin, two-ply, wrap it around your body and just lie there and then throw it all in the garbage can. No, <clears throat> a lot of people, people assume... When when people start
2: panic buying something, then everybody else starts panic buying it. You know what I mean? And, and then it mm-hmm. just, well, you know, that's
0: the theory. Spirals. That's the theory. That's the yeah. theory. Up to now, Tyler, I think you probably read the story too. The theory was that, uh, that that our shortage, our our second crisis, our second biggest crisis, the toilet paper shortage, was because people were hoarding toilet paper. Right. They heard there was going to be a run, and they're like, "Dude, we got to buy some toilet paper." <laughs> well, uh, uh, Rich Herbert, uh, it, it recently did an interview. With a local news station in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, WOOD, and I actually saw different researchers pointing this this out too. But uh, 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 Rich Herbert, uh, like I said, he is the CEO of Clean It Supply, a cleaning supply retailer, okay. so he's got some inside knowledge on what's actually going on here. And what if I told you that there is another reason for America's toilet paper? Uh, 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 supply being completely deplenished. Yeah, Tyler, have you read this?
1: No, no, this is news to me, but I'm but I'm on pins and
0: needles. OK, a lot of people say it's because of hoarding of uh, people. Like you said, uh, Chandler, panic buying like, oh, no, all the toilet papers run out. I got to buy. That's actually not the problem. That's actually not what's going on here. We need to quit toilet paper shaming people. People need toilet paper and that's OK. You should be able to buy as much as you want. The problem is, (laughs) the problem is America's bathroom habits have changed very dramatically. Okay. So what I mean by that is people are home more. So they're not using the bathroom at work. They're not using the bathroom at church and they're not using the bathroom uh uh at, at restaurants and stuff you know they you know most of those places or school you know they're home uh, you know uh, those places usually supply toilet paper and it's usually that like industrial stuff that stuff that's uh, you know it's just a giant it's not a roll it's a giant wheel of basically cardboard uh, basically construction paper on on mm-hmm. uh, on a thing so because they're home more that means they need more home supplies and because so much bathroom use happens outside the home They're forced to buy more toilet paper, not because they're hoarding, but because their habits have been forced to change. Everyone's working from home. Here is some I want to read a a little bit from this uh, piece from WOODTV TV in Michigan. Okay. He said, on average, a person uses the bathroom five times a day, and two or three times of those used to be at work or school. That's as many as 15 times each week, which for a family of four would be 60 or more flushes at home each week. Okay? Herbert has seen this impact on his company's sales. Prior to the crisis, 80% of our sales were to businesses, and 20% were to consumers. But in the last three weeks, this has flipped. We are now 80% to consumers, and 20% to businesses. So the Market has totally shifted. It doesn't have people do with hoarding. It's got people. It's got uh, uh, reasons to do with people's lifestyle changing. However, Herbert thinks that uh, there will be a strain on the supply chain. This is scary because Uh they can't just ramp it back up. Most of these toilet paper factories are cranking out as much TP Mm -hmm. as they can. Mm -hmm. You know, like they're already they're already maxed out in the TP department. This guy thinks the supply, because of the lifestyle changes. It'll basically last for the next three months until we're back using the bathroom at work and school. Then the toilet paper supply uh, will be, uh, you know, will be limited for for the next 90 days. But it's not it's not because of hoarders. So you got to quit shaming those people. Okay. Because they could be like Chandler. They just find comfort in rolling themselves <laughs> in roll after roll after roll
1: of valuable toilet paper.
0: So uh,
1: interesting can it be? There. can't it be a little bit of both? Like, don't you think it could be like, it's not necessarily a binary here? It could be. I'm just telling you what, I'm just telling yeah, I, you what, a the, CEO numbers,
0: the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't Yeah, fair. yeah. I mean, it completely flip flopped their sales. You know what I mean? It's a uh-huh. disruption to the market. You know, demand for something. You know, just you know, far outreached the supply. But I think the surprising thing is the demand is for different reasons than than we initially
1: thought. Uh, yeah, that I think that's probably true. That actually hasn't been like of the things that we've kind of been like, oh, we're running out low on that. I don't know. Maybe we were hoarding beforehand. They just didn't realize it, so we were like uncommonly ready for all of this. I I like I like a comfy bed of two ply toilet paper when I go sue me. So I've always got plenty on hand. (laughs) (laughs) Was born for this. But listen, I I bought two things at
0: the outbreak. One was truckloads of toilet paper. Two was bow and arrows. And I have
1: a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> the hard part is arrows are limited. So you have to like go find where you shot the arrow. <laughs> it's
0: very frustrating. <laughs> very, very careful. I <laughs> should supply
1: run on those too.
0: Yeah. And which, is, I, which is concerning for a whole new set of reasons. <laughs>
1: All right. So well, my slides this week. Have you all been uh, been on social media enough to see the the pick three memes going around? <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. little time wasters thing. So uh, I'll explain to you the uh, the basic concept here, which is the uh, and I, I believe it actually started with uh, an account called uh light camera pod, which is a film podcast. Yeah. And uh the guys behind this basically put together a list of nine movies and said you can only pick three of these movies uh and wanted to see what what the winners were, like what would be the most. So I'm gonna send it Chandler and, and Jesse I'm gonna send this to you, this list to you that they sent. Um dexit it over to you. So the ones that they started off picking were uh, and this started trending on uh, over uh, a Monday night. This started trending on Twitter or Sunday night rather. It started trending. Uh, The nine movies were Goodfellas, Pulp Fiction, Inception, Infinity War, The Dark Knight, Empire Strikes Back, Space Jam, Toy Story and Jurassic Park. If you could only pick three of those. But the J- Jesse, do you have your answer? Do you know which
0: ones you'd go with? So, so these are. So I'm assuming the game is you can only pick three that you, that you know the other ones would be swiped you're, from existence, you're primed swiped out of existence. You never, yeah. you never had them anymore. I would probably go with uh, looking at this list. I would probably go Jurassic Park yeah, it, because I wouldn't want to just think of the implications for me. I would mm. want to think about the implications Kids. for future generations. Yeah, you know? well, well, yeah. I, what, are, I would, what
1: world are we leaving behind for Gen Z?
0: and and i feel like this isn't even close for me i think i would go jurassic park uh because it, it is it is a classic you know everyone remembers the first time they saw jurassic park it still holds up it's it's a great franchise you know uh i w- i would choose jurassic park i would uh i would choose the dark knight because i think it's a masterpiece and then i'd probably go with like toy story because mm-hmm. even though i don't really care about toy story i feel like that's another one that's regarded as like a modern children's masterpiece and and i feel like I feel like there could be a world like I recommended Inception a few weeks ago for a rewatch. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if the if there, there was no Inception in the world, I don't feel like the world changes at all. The world like, would spin on without you, Inception. You, you, you take Toy Story out of the world, I feel like you know there, there's this you know sort of innocence and charm that's lost. And, and dude, I know you're gonna I, I know you're gonna be not like this, Tyler. But Infinity War, honestly you could roll the events of that film into the beginning of end game. and be just fine. We've got enough Marvel movies. We don't need, they all, they're all, they're all just one long movie. Anyway, if you, if you just told them, Hey, you got to make it three hours shorter over the course of 20 movies, they'd figure it out. Space jam is hot garbage. I watched rewatched it. I loved it as a kid. And I was so confused by it as an adult of, of some of the the creative decisions that were made. Uh, uh, Fellows and Pulp Fiction. Again, th- those are movies that I'm glad exist, but I'm not. I'm not going back to them all the time. It's not like mm-hmm. I'm never in the mood to be like, oh, you know what? I want to watch a violent mob f- crime film <laughs> that, that's three hours and 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 getting me nightmares. And the intri- Empire Strikes right Back. I don't care
1: about Star Wars. Tyler, what's your three? So the three that I think and I went back and forth on this a little bit, but I'm actually pretty close to you, Jesse. I think that Toy Story for like the kids, for the for the the culture needs Toy Story, whether yeah. regardless of like my and that jumps her to the whole Pixar thing. And you you can't lose. You can't. It feels like very indicative of of a huge part of the last 20 years of, of cinema. Uh, I think Jurassic Park should be in there, too. And uh, I've actually I, I know how much uh, like how much I'm known as a superhero guy in the podcast, but I think I would go with Empire Strikes Back because I feel like overall Star Wars has the more uh, like valuable cultural footprint, even if the franchise is extremely up and down in terms of quality uh, empires. I think Empire Strikes Back is a good movie and I'd stick with that one. I'm kind of with Goodfellas and Pulp Fiction good stuff, but they're, but they don't need to be, you don't, they're, they're not, they're not indispensable to where, yeah. to like, there's, there's a lot, of, mo- there's a lot on. of movies that accomplish the same things they do. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. If you're like white, white film bros will be able to find other ways to scratch that itch without, <laughs> yeah. without movies like I, that. I, I,
0: I'm pretty sure Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino have made numerous films each and they're all <laughs> kind of the same. Like, you know what I mean, like, like, Chandler, do you know what you'd go it, with? Do you it, have, do you it, take, it, 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 I'm pretty sure Scorsese is going to use "Give Me Shelter" by the Rolling Stones in a lot of movies.
2: You'll be just fine. Yeah,
0: Chandler, Chandler, what would you pick?
2: I would. I would say maybe "Goodfellas," "Dark Knight," and "Toy Story." I agree with with uh, both you on "Toy Story" for sure. Yeah, yeah. but well, a, just for for variation, yeah. Goodfellas. It
0: re- I will say this: I, the the quarantine thing, Tyler has upped Twitter's meme game. Oh, for right. sure. Well, like, it, it, it's, like it's mean game game is what I mean like it, it, there, there of course there's the you know anytime whether Tiger King dropped it or in the middle of a quarantine or not people would have some Tiger King memes but there are a lot of random games you can play just by perusing memes right now you know there's the, the these pick three games you know like uh the, I, I see a lot of people kind of doing the oh what's the the your, your third to last text you sent plus mm-hmm. the street you grew up on is your new band you know, like, yeah, yeah. The last
1: three people on your phone are the ones you're stuck in quarantine with. Who are you? Are you going to survive or not? Like stuff like that, which is fun. Yeah. It's fun. These guys, I like these kind of stuff, you know, it is fun. I do too. So this meme, that was the original one, but it spawned a lot of variations, uh, some, some different, uh, there's, there's variables out there and you can go look around. There's different like, like BuzzFeed places are compiling lists. This is one that I wanted to send. I wanted, likewise, y'all's take on this particular variation of the pick three that I just texted over and uh, as you all see, this is uh, this is restaurant edition. This is what I'd call casual dining restaurant <laughs> edition. All right. Okay. Give us,
0: this is a murderers row right here. Give, a, give <laughs> <It's us laughs> Suzanne it give us who's on here.
1: This is Sophie's Choice across the board. Like if Sophie had nine babies instead of yeah. two, yeah. It, it's, it, it, can, it can't be done. But we'll do our best. Uh, top row, Red Lobster, Olive Garden, Cracker Barrel. Middle row, Chili's, Applebee's and the Cheesecake Factory. Bottom row. TGI Fridays, PF Changs, and Buffalo
0: Wild BW threes. Oh man, this see, this one's tough. I I think I know my picks, Chandler. This is your this is your lane. Pick your three, man. <laughs> uh, everything I mean, else is going away. I, I, obviously, obviously,
2: Chili's is gonna. Chili's be out. and Olive Garden. Those are the go for yeah. sure. I would yeah. say for the, yeah. the, the third one, Buffalo Wild Wings, just because I like I like wings.
0: Dude, Chandler, I had the exact same picks. Like, nice. if, if if there was no more Red Lobster, I would never know the difference.
1: I I didn't uh, even gosh. know Applebee's was still in business. So there we go on that. <laughs> Applebee's uh, really fell off the. Play. I feel like they. I feel like they had like a three to one lead in the nineties, and they just blew it. Because you don't hear about Alphabees anymore. They used to be the one. They used to be the Kings. Listen, they're quickly on the
0: path to becoming as irrelevant as a Ruby Tuesday. Who is even on this list?
1: (laughs) Didn't even make the list. Brutal. Although I probably would put them in over P.F. Chang's. P.F. Chang's just feels like an outlier here for some reason. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not a big. It's PF totally guy. fine. It's yeah, totally it, fine. It, it's it's average. You know, mm-hmm. it's overpriced. You know, Asian inspired cuisine. Like it's totally overpriced. Like there's way better options out there for that. Like like Applebee's is, is close to being the Ryan Steakhouse here. Like like oh, uh-huh. I remember when that was around. You know, uh-huh. like Sizzler. Like yeah, sorry sorry Applebee's, you had your chance, Tyler. What what are your three, man?
1: I think I'm actually going to uh, this might be a hot day. I will go. I will go chilies because because those chips and salsa, you got to do yeah. instead mm-hmm. of Olive Garden. I'm going to throw in a Cracker Barrel because the breakfast is solid uh, and I need well, I need something for breakfast, too. And, uh, and but I will keep BW3s for that. I feel like this is breakfast, lunch and dinner for me. You, <laughs> you got a Cracker Barrel for breakfast, chilies in the afternoon for a little, little afternoon pick me up and then finish the day out down to down Buffalo Wild Wings.
0: Yeah, that's quite the day. Quite the day. Really living the American dream. here. (laughs) That's that's going to
1: be day one out of quarantine for me, actually.
0: (laughs) Cracker Barrel is disgusting. Everything's covered in weird gravy. The only reason to go to Cracker Barrel is to play those fun golf tee games that are just sitting out on the table. You know what I mean? Like where you jump around. Yeah, this is OK. Out of the gate. Red Lobster, Olive Garden, Cracker Barrel, Chili's, Applebee's, Cheesecake Factory, TGI Fridays, P.F. Chang's, Buffalo Wild Wings. You have to pick the one after church lunch spot. What is what Uh-oh. takes the crowd? Because that's a whole nother animal. Like, I go to restaurants yeah, the for different reasons. A different the after church mm-hmm. lunch spot, if you had to pick, where where, where, where would you go? Ch- Chandler, why don't you go first? I think I think I think I know what you're going to go. Well, my I mean, if I'm choosing it's chilies, uh,
2: my like my parents used to. Uh, go, They they like cracker barrel a lot. So that was that was like that, the that was
0: their after church spot.
2: Yeah, that was like the growing up going going to uh, the restaurant after or Longhorn Longhorn Steakhouse. But Longhorn's <laughs> oh, wow. on wow, oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, they yeah.
0: Get, I like that your parents just get after it after Sunday after Sunday morning. Yeah. Like that, that's, they, they, that's, they, like this is stick to your bones, man. This is meat and gra- <laughs> they're going to Longhorn Steakhouse at like eleven thirty on Sunday morning. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate every that. week, every week. <laughs> oh, that was that was gosh. the real, that was the real go. Long, I didn't even know a Longhorn Steakhouse opened before like 3 p.m. You know, that's just me. Tyler, what would you
1: choose? I think I got to go Olive Garden. For the after church. The, Olive Garden yeah. seems like a dinner place to me, man. I don't know, but it feels like it feels classy. Like we just we just had our we just fed our souls. Now let's feed our bodies. It feels that's very it. it feels very apropos. That's why cheese,
0: Cheesecake Factory to me is the Cheesecake king of Factors. it's the it's the king of after church lunch because it the menu's gigantic. No matter who's going, they're gonna find something for everyone. You know, like no one's gonna complain. You, fa- I, I don't like going to Cheesecake Factory for dinner. It feels like I could I could probably find a little bit better, like than than this big chain that's you know painted like a like a faux pastel you know uh of like Venetian you know knockoff of the venetian hotel in las vegas like you know what why are these giant columns in here (laughs) you know what i mean like what are they going for here like what is the design decision here Uh, but uh, so is i'm not going there for dinner it seems like a perfect it seems like the perfect after lunch but after church lunch spot cheesecake factory
1: and now i'm getting now i'm just sad that this is probably the only places that are going to be open well, this is said and done. Like these are the places <laughs> to have enough cash in the bank to, to This to is win. one of the most soulless places on earth. This is, yeah, yeah, this is our this is what we're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and one last one that I brought for you. We've done we've done the film bracket. That was that was pretty easy. Restaurant bracket obviously with, yeah, a little w- more complicated with an after lunch after church lunch spinoff. Spinoff. Yeah, we made, we made it even tougher. Here's what I'm going to do. And I think this is going to hit, this is going to be uh, up at least your alley, Jesse Chandler. I'll, I'll see where you're at on this one. All right. <laughs> last one, last one was a little more Chandler than Jesse. We'll yeah, see how this yeah. one does. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing mid aughts emo band. Bracket round. I oh, looked man. at
0: this. I saw you posted this last night and I thought long yeah. and hard about it. So this is a, this
1: is a T-Huck original. Actually, yeah. this oh, is. Okay. A, yeah,
0: I, I saw you post this last night and I actually gave it a lot of thought. Why don't you read
1: through the choices and then okay, I, I'll read through the choices. we can have Chandler go first. And I've actually got I might be able to guess yours, Jesse. I'm not sure. I might okay. be able to guess. I, I want to hear the go. guess. I think you could nail it. But let's hear. Let's okay. hear yours. All right. So top row. Uh, May is the Everglow. Uh, the devil and God raging inside of me by brand new, where you want to be by taking back Sunday, second row, transatlanticism by death cab, uh, something corporate leaving through an open window, uh, or just leaving through the window. Sorry. Uh, D- dashboards, the places you've come to fear the most bottom row bleed American by Jimmy Eat world. We're all the time by Thursday and emotion is dead by the Juliana theory all right chandler you go first
0: man i want to hear your three you can only keep three well i went through a brief
2: emo phase in like middle school you know okay yeah school for you don't need to qualify you don't need to qualify we all did. i would say the, all did. the 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 top row just uh top may, row. brand new taking back sunday those are the, okay, those okay. good, the, three. the of that bunch those may and maybe thursday but i didn't really listen to any of the other ones
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel like the third, I don't feel like Thursday holds up as good because they, they really went for that whole like screamo type of, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: All right, Tyler, what, what's your three? So my three, I think I'm going to go, I think I'll go brand new. Well, I think I'll go brand new death cab. May. Okay. Fair i enough. feel bad leaving debt that De- dashboard was definitely the most important to me at the time but, yeah. but uh, you know i'm i'm 35 years but,
0: old. Hey, there's <laughs> no shame dude if, you know, don't play that no, is ages, good. but
1: it's but it's it's definitely the most important, uh, that age, like the yeah. lyrics, the, the, everything feels yeah, like yeah. so. That's fair. That's fair. It's, it's, it's not It's not a lack of love for it or a shame yeah. or anything of it now. I'm just saying like what, what still feels uh, applicable. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. So Tyler, what do you think the three
1: that I would pick is? All right. So I think, I think Jimmy Eat World is a given. There's a lock. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to say, I'm going to throw for you brand new and then i'm to i'm i'm torn because i know i know that may is like your scene like those those yeah. guys are like from your yeah, area yeah. right yeah, like yeah. You, i mean you we used to go guys. to shows together so yeah, yeah i still know some of those cats yeah um but i feel like you've talked about juliana theory too i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm gonna go everglow
0: Oh, man, I you should have gone there your instinct. my three because oh. I thought about this last night with Jimmy World. Juliana Theory, I love that album. The emotion is dead, and I'm gonna go dash for it, man. Like, oh, you're gonna exa- go? Okay, <laughs> all right. It, 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 you know, like the Taking Back Sunday, the brand new, like those albums, and even the Death Cab have sort of a darkness to them that, and, and mm-hmm. then Thursday as well, which I appreciate. But if I'm going back to those, I want, I want the Heart on Your Sleeve. I want the bleeding you heart. Want the teenage. I want Perks to be in a Waffle. I want like the cheesy corn. Like that era was great because it was cool. a lot of the music you know, when you strip it down, was kind of corny. Give me the corniest stuff. Give me Jimmy World, give me Juliana <laughs> theory, give me dashboard. Like, give me the sugar, man. Give me the candy. You know?
1: Like, I don't want the meat. I want the candy, dude. You know? So, it was a it was an interesting, it was an interesting era in retrospect because uh it all sound like there was very much a similar, vibe. Vo- like these, I, I pulled a lot of these because there was, they sort of represented different streams of everything, but there yeah. was a lot of really hard to distinguish bands in that whole scene. There was- oh, I'm,
0: this is my scene. I can do a whole separate pod just about yeah, these albums and that scene. Like I was, I, yeah, I, I was, that, there was this book that I read at the time that was out. It was written by like a spin writer called nothing feels good. That was like a deep dive into this scene. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I mean, I used to spend, I spent a good majority of, um, ages, 16 through like 22 going to all of these bands, concerts and things like I was heavy, heavy into this scene. Like it was like, oh, I mean, I would multiple still go see these
1: guys and yeah. have seen some of them recently. We were going to go obviously canceled now, but dashboard was going to do a show here in Nashville for the, it's been like it's 20 a years. Fun since fun along. And I would know? go, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it'd be, uh, it's, a, it's,
0: it was, it was a fun scene. I, I uh, recently in the last year drove to go see Jimmy world. Like oh, I right. still, yeah. I still love checking these bands out. You know.
1: And I don't totally understand why, but it seems like there was some sort of weird overlap with a certain part of the youth group church set. And I don't know where... Somebody who knows more than me should try to explore some of that a little bit. Because some of these guys... like I think some of the May guys had some Christian... Like, I mean, what, they, when they I talked was, to us. I know back in the day yeah, they talked to Relevant. That was pre-my time. I mean,
0: I... One time, you know, I... There was... I, I noodle on guitar. I'm not like a, a... You know, I don't consider myself a musician. But me and Dave from... Uh, 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 from May had led worship together at like mm-hmm. church youth group, you know, like, you know, they used to practice at the church. You know, I know the Juliana theory was on like tooth and nail records, which is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, a lot of these bands were sort of Christian adjacent, Chris Caraba from dashboard confessional, was the lead singer further seems forever. Further, Another yeah. tooth and nail, you know, tooth and nail records was like a, you know, sort of like a Christian indie rock label. And, 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 you know, Chris Caraba from dashboard was on there. Uh, you know, Jimmy world, we had an early issue of the magazine where Zach Lynn, the drummer sat down with David Crowder. There was a lot of Christian adjacency.
1: There was in a lot world. of, the, and it was interesting because it didn't necessarily, yeah, there was a lot of it. It was, it was an interesting time. And I wish, I wish somebody smarter than me could, could make, Feels like a great feels like our lane, but I don't really know where it comes from. I don't understand the the adjacents or the the neighbors that all those had. But but it was interesting. Maybe somebody else out there knows better than me. If you know, if you've got if you got a story there, then let me know. We can talk about it. It would be an interesting deep dive to take some time. There were a lot of former youth group kids on that scene. There was a lot of former youth. They had their their skills were honed in the basements, in church basements. Yeah, exactly. Doing, Play playing a bunch <laughs> of Sonic Flood covers. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> playing that Carol Evans album that everyone used to, you know, I'm trading my sorrows. You know, somehow they just tuned their guitars to drop D and started, you know, crying their hearts out about their girlfriends and made emo bands. But hey, I'm not I, complaining. I, I you know, needed I, it. I needed very it. Very
1: formative. Very formative. You, you knew how to cry about girls in a way that I didn't, and I, I appreciate <laughs> that That's about your <laughs> <Yeah. point. laughs> all right well that'll wrap it up for Slices. Slices stay tuned when we come back Gabi joins us climate change don't eat lames I
3: need God I'm exhaust I mean yeah to God shooters game I got range what are the odds Devil, bro, we not the same no we not You're listening to
1: Climate Change by today's guest, Gavi, featuring a clesso and Wordsplayed. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Now you can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can now get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Licensed professional counselors are available who are specialized in depression, anxiety, sleep issues, grief, family issues, and much more. BetterHelp has 3,000 licensed therapists across all 50 states. And of course, if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time and everything you share is confidential and it's a truly affordable option. The relevant podcast listeners get 10% off their first month with discount code relevant. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com relevant. Just to fill out a questionnaire, help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash relevant. Well, Reach Records' six-time Dove Award-winning artist, Gavi, is prepared to ruffle some feathers with his third full-length album, Heathen, set to release on April 10th, 2020. The EDM hip-hop artist has been known to push boundaries in music, as evidenced by his two RIAA-certified gold records for production, Anomaly from LaCrae and You Can't Stop Me from Andy Mineo. And as a solo artist shown in his debut album, We Belong, and sophomore project Panorama. He then will be no different as Gavi aims to push against the Christian culture in hopes to deconstruct unhealthy cultural norms. I love this conversation with Gavi and I don't always do this, but I was interested in uh, hearing his uh, his origin story, kind of how he got involved in music in the first place, because he actually has a pretty good story. Uh, I'll let him tell it to you himself.
3: I got into the music industry when I was in high school. Um, I heard about this guy named Lecrae. He came out with this song called "Jesus Music," and I was like, "Yo, this is really cool." Um, at that time, I was producing music in my my closet of my parents' house, um, making beats for a lot of guys in school. Um, my life at that moment too was really just like changed by Jesus. Like faith actually became my own. So I was like very much in like Christian music. Uh, hip-hop and at, at that time uh, I got to sneak into a bunch of Lecrae's uh, concerts uh, in the back um, back of the room and I would give him CDs I'll give him CDs of my my beats and yeah and then by the third time that I gave him CDs and I snuck backstage uh, he grabbed me really quick he was like bro I've been trying to get your contact information for the longest. Every time you give me a CD, it's just a blank and no information. And, um, from that, I realized I was like, Oh, business. You have to be smart about this. It's not just about music. <laughs> give contact information. Um, and yeah, from there they took me under their wings.
1: Heathen obviously is sort of a controversial word. It's a pretty bold choice for an album title, so I was curious about what the the reasoning was there. Why why name an album Heathen? And he talked to me a lot. He's done a lot of research on it. He had a, a lot of interesting things to to say about what the word heathen means and, and how we've sort of adopted that word for our own culture. Uh, he, he unpacks a lot of that in the album, which I hope everybody here listens to. Uh, but then he, so he told me why he uh, decided that this would be a good choice for, uh, an album title and what he hopes to communicate to the church in particular.
3: Why, why is it so important to me? And I was like, man, I really want to impact one people that feel like they are too far from the gospel, the sinner, right? They have access to this gospel. I'm not better than them. I'm actually a sinner myself. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then two is culture, man. That's been a big part of my story because I am Latino and stepping into this world, being a Latino or any different cultural background There's a lot of things that come with that and it's a beautiful thing and it's also a scary thing at the same time. How do you navigate through that? Um, So I wanted to impact in that and then biblically Gentile, just, hey, let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about church culture. Let's talk about what this means. Um, So yeah, all those reasons, I was like, this is a great, well-rounded word. It's very complicated, but it's something that I feel we are as human beings. We are complicated. We are so We are defined in so many different ways um, that makes us special, right? Um, But ultimately, leading them back to Jesus with all this. um, It's not me championing like, oh, yeah, hey, we're all sinners. It's more of like, man, I know once you do something different or when you are vulnerable, you're going to be probably called a heathen. And let me share my personal experience of what that looks like.
1: I was curious about his thoughts. Uh, I think that most people in the church, you know, they want to be accepting. They they want to be uh, they want to be open minded, but something seems to get in the way, and hypocrisy and judgment kind of becomes a default position. So I wanted to hear uh, some of Gabi's thoughts as somebody who's experienced a lot of that in his life about why that happens and maybe how we can do a better job of being uh, an accepting group of people. Here were his thoughts on that.
3: I think that's what's, what happens, uh, in certain, uh, settings, uh, certain stories of people. I'm not saying this is all, cause there's, it, there's a lot of layers to this, but I think what happens with Christians is, um, there's a self-righteousness that happens at times. Uh, you forget the actual gospel and you forget that Jesus actually loved people rather than pointing at them so much. And, um, Yeah, there's a lot of areas in in our Christian culture that we've made a lot of traditional things um, that has made it sometimes difficult for non-believers or Christians that have been Christians for a while to even open up about themselves. You know, growing up in a Hispanic church, I'll tell you this, the biggest thing that happens that I see consistent, not all, but the biggest thing that I see consistently is you went to church and it's like, hey, Brother John, how are you? Oh, everything, the victory of Jesus. But literally, they know deep down inside, man, I am dying so bad. I wish I could tell you, but I'm so scared of being vulnerable to you because I already know how this goes. I've seen so many examples of people put on discipline or something or you're going to be looked upon like, oh, this person can't really serve. You know, we're not going to love upon him right now. And sadly, that's, that's what happens sometimes. Um, but yeah, again, I'm a strong believer in church. <laughs> church has saved my life. So I'm not bashing. I'm just saying this is a reality that does happen.
1: That was Gabi. Heathen is out on Friday. I hope you all check it out. you're listening to colder and closer by tops all right then for another round of our quarantine recommendations for uh, for, for what we're listening to and or watching or enjoying while we're on lockdown here Jesse this was your suggestion you thought about you, you suggested uh, TV shows. But specific episodes that hold up That's really right. well. And just going back to, right. to specific eps in your shows that uh, that are worth a worth a revisit. Standout eps. Yeah. So yep. I, I'm cur- I'm curious what you picked. I don't even know what what show you went with.
0: Okay, I went with and it might be a little obvious, but I feel like it is the ultimate comfort food, especially when you're having a rough day in quarantine and 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 you, you know maybe experiencing some anxiousness. I feel like nothing's better than The Office. It's always funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've seen every episode, but there's something very charming. They still hold up very well. So I picked three uh, with an asterisk episodes of the office that if you're looking to revisit the office and just need to mellow out and, and you're like, OK, I need I need just to laugh and not think about anything. Here are my three picks. Uh, uh, the first one is kind of cheating, and I would save this to like a later selection, but it's Niagara part one and two, the Jim and Pam wedding. It uh-huh, hits yeah, all sure. the notes. It has some of the most cringeworthy. I like episodes of the office where they get outside the office like like. Like, I think the I think it really helps the comedy sometimes, but it it hits all the beats. It it has Michael being as cringy as he ever has, like trying to force his way into like the wedding party and doing the toast. It 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 hits its sentimentality notes in a really effective way. It, It gives you everything you want from all the characters in really funny ways. It's a two parter. It is it, it was executed so well. The bar was extremely high for how they're going to do the Jim and Pam wedding. And they nailed it. They, the office writers didn't always stick the landing when they did. It was it was good. It hits all the notes and it's still a really, really
1: funny arc. So I, Niagara- feel, like it's, I feel like it's kind of the spiritual uh series finale. Yeah. I know it kept going for another few seasons, but in a yeah. lot of ways that represented the end agree. the end of the best era of the office uh, and I love
0: it. totally agree. Totally agree. So Niagara part 1 and 2. Uh uh number 2 on my list is the episode called Money. It's in season 4 and it was it was post writer strike and that's so a lot of sitcoms had gone on hiatus and to make up for the hiatus a lot of shows were doing like 45 minute episodes. Uh, instead mm-hmm. of the standard 22. So the office did a handful of 45 minute episodes. Money as is one of them. It has a lot of classic moments, including Mike, Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy by walking into the office and simply going, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> and it has like Oscar going through his finances. It has Michael working a second job at a call center. Uh, it has again so many funny beats you get to see. Like really sad and interesting parts of Michael Scott's character, and also ones that are just really funny. And as the the, the B plot, that's the one where Jim and Pam go stay at Dwight's uh, bed and breakfast on his beet farm, which is another. Uh, yeah, you know, it has some interesting All run-ins time. with cousin Moe's. So uh, again, another classic. And finally, the episode I consider the ultimate episode of The Office, and and, and proof to my theory that when you get them outside of the office, uh, the, the the comedy is sometimes even better is the dinner party. It is the train wreck of all train wrecks. Uh, it is an episode where Michael cons, uh, Jim and Payham. uh, 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 Dwight ends up showing up with with a date uh, Andy and Angela are there and they're at Michael's condo the moment where Michael shows off his Perfect. flat screen TV which is about 14 inches that he mounted himself it is still one of the funniest episodes and <laughs> it is the best blooper reel in the history of the office you can watch it on YouTube the blooper reel for the dinner party the outtakes is as good as the episode itself those are my three picks Tyler what do you got man
1: Okay, so I decided to go with my uh, my my comfort food, which has always been the case and is more the case now. Quarantine comfort food. I go back to New Girl a lot because I've okay. like, cause New Girl has always been there for always been there for me, and we've been watching it here at the house, and uh, and and that that still holds up and has some of my favorite cast chemistry of uh, yeah. of, of any sitcom, really. So the so I'm gonna recommend three episodes from that. Uh, the first one, uh, season two, episode fifteen. That's cooler. Uh, that's the one where they introduce the True American Game, which is one of the the legacies of New Girl. Is the game that they play on their board uh, in the show. It's it's, it's a completely baffling set of rules. They do montages every the time they play, and the game gets more and more complicated and confusing. But it's a it's never not funny to watch and try to figure out what the True American Game that they play that the play in the loft and uh, and it also features uh the the that first kiss the nick and jess first kiss which yeah it's a great it's a great romance it was yeah. a great chemistry that that held up for uh for the entirety of that show's run uh the next one uh is season four episode 14 <laughs> that's the swoot episode which is where schmidt and nick come up with an idea for a suit made out of a sweatsuit so you can be both relaxed and professional at the same time that would play very well in 2020 i think that invention's <laughs> yeah. time has really finally come and uh their pitch on that is very very good and then the last one my favorite episode uh it's actually these are all from season four. I, oh, I didn't wow on that but yeah there, st- here strong we episode are episode of television yeah. episode 17 is the spider hunt uh the main threat is they there's a spider in the loft and most of the episode is about the team trying to find it and, and kill the spider but it also features uh a, a a great subplot about uh the bar that nick owns uh that, trying to find decide if they should have a popcorn maker in it or not mm-hmm. which features one of the great riffs on who's on first uh, in modern television, that I that, that I laugh, I'll, I'll just laugh at the clip. I'll just pull it up on a on a bummer day and then watch the two minutes of it online. And yeah. if you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Those are my those are my, it, new girl in general. I, I'm a kind of a weirdly big fan. I feel like it is for me what a lot, of, but I'll, for like Seinfeld or Friends is for a lot of yeah. people. This one just landed with me the right way. I was the right time for it, I suppose. Well, you're here to hear, folks. If you're if you're feeling stressed
0: about what's going on in the world about your toilet paper situation. And, and you can't get out to the Cheesecake Factory to drown your sorrows in a meatloaf. Fire up some New Girl. There we go. <laughs>
1: hey, well, I think that'll wrap it up for this us this week. Uh, many thanks to Gavi for joining us. Gavi's new album, Heathen, comes out this Friday. Can't wait to check that out. Uh, also, thanks to Bombas. Go to Bombas.com slash relevant today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash relevant for 20% off bombas.com slash relevant. And also thanks to our friends at BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash relevant. Fill out that questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash relevant. Also, make sure you check out all of our podcasts on the relevant podcast page. Uh, and uh, I think that'll take care of it. I hope everyone's getting set for a, a safe and uh, sane week. And we'll see you all on Friday. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Gina String. I'm Jesse Carey. Thanks, everyone. See you this weekend.
3: Strike a what do a fallen god and a demon of fire have in common with a wizard and a hobbit? They're all part of the rich mythology of J.R.R. Tolkien's Middle Earth. And there's no better place to explore Tolkien's mythology than the Prancing Pony podcast, the finest Tolkien podcast this side of Bree. Each week, host Alan Sisto and his team of all-star co-hosts explore Middle-earth with in-depth analysis and plenty of nerd humor. From The Hobbit to The Lord of the Rings and more, it's a great way for first-timers to experience J.R.R. Tolkien's captivating world, and for longtime fans like me. It's a deep dive into their favorite stories. So if you're ready to take the next step into the most beloved world in fantasy literature and become a part of a vibrant, active community of listeners, then look for the Prancing Pony podcast wherever you listen.
1: Into
0: I got to at least try one flaming arrow. I got to do at least one.
2: Relevant Podcast Network.